Barevces, Urachem Vord Miat Selek Merzagrin, Yes Aspe Tavit Medzorianem, Hif Meg Ararat Talijits. Welcome to episode 36 of the Talking Vartan podcast. I'm Aspe David Medzorian of Ararat Lodge number one in Boston. 42 years ago, Stephen Adams joined Yeprat Lodge in Fresno, California as a young Aspet. In the intervening four decades, he has served the Knights of Vartan in a number of capacities. But I think it's safe to say that nothing could have prepared him, nor any of us for that matter, for what would happen during his time as our Grand Commander. I was there in Las Vegas in 2019 when Stephen Adams became the Avox Barabed of our Brotherhood. I remember his enthusiasm and his message to us that our mission was more important then than at any other time in our history. Well, it's now nearly three years later, and in just a few short weeks from now, at our Grand Convocation in Glendale, Avax Barabed Steve will step down as Grand Commander, concluding a term that I'm sure even he would admit was not what he would have predicted on that day in Las Vegas in 2019. And by his side, through it all, has been his devoted wife, Nachkin Didui of Alitz Otyag, number eight in Fresno, Salpi Adams. It's a pleasure to have you both here today as we begin this long 4th of July weekend and a belated happy 40th wedding anniversary as you just celebrated your special day on the 26th of June. Yeah, thank you. That's thank you. Yep. Amak but I know that this has been a, a difficult spring for you and your family, and I just wanted to express my condolences to you on, on the passing this spring of your mother and father, Russell and Nina Adams, both members of the Knights and Daughters of Vartan, respectively, both very active in the Armenian Church for many years. And I hope that, uh, that in your grief that you and your family will find comfort in knowing just how loved they were and still are and will always be by so many and also by your own personal memories of the priceless years that you had together. Yeah, thank you, David. I mean, they were both active members in the Knights and Daughters of Vartan. Um, in fact, my uh, father, when I was, uh, it was right before Times Square, um, and he, he wasn't doing good. And uh, he knew I was going to Times Square, and he says, don't cancel your trip because of me. I remember you telling me that, yeah. He, he he knew, and we didn't, uh, because that's something that he wouldn't have wanted us to do. Let's go back, first of all, to that moment, that day in July of 2019, when you were installed as our Grand Commander. What went through your mind and heart that day, and what were the things that you, as the Avax Spudabed, wanted to do first? Well, I think, you know, what was crossing my mind was probably what I had seen uh in Avak colleges and um, other grand commanders do in their terms of office. Uh, of course, my concentration at that time, I wanted to concentrate on our membership, um, but did I envision <laughs> what was gonna happen <laughs> shortly after that? In the next six months, no, no way. <laughs> now, you knew a number of the former Avak Spadabeds, the Naki Avak Spadabeds. Did you talk to them at all? Did you seek their counsel before assuming your uh, position? Oh, being active, I think we probably knew every uh, Avak Spadabed that uh, had taken since I joined. Uh, when I joined, it was uh, Avak Spadabed John Kachoyan. 
was there. And I think I've probably known every one of them since then. I mean, you just, you become close, of course. you know, when you're active. So you seek out the advice of, of all of them, at, you know, at different times. Did you have any concerns or fears once the pandemic really took effect in uh, March of 2020 that uh, our, in effect, being shut down as we were would make it more difficult or even prevent us from providing our services to the Armenian community, both here and in Armenia? Well, I mean, we were scrambling at the time to come up with something that was workable uh, that we could do. Fortunately, uh, we were aware of Zoom uh, for online meetings. Um, it had been used very minorly prior to that, but uh, that became an obvious mode that we were going to have to use uh, to, if we wanted to continue meeting. So the decision was made pretty quickly. It's Zoom or nothing, and therefore Zoom it was. Oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, it was pretty obvious that uh, that's what we were going to have to do, uh, is to move to uh, an, an online format uh, for our meetings. And I think we've learned a lot since then. Um, we've learned, I, I hope we've learned how to utilize the tool to our advantage. Um, even as we come back to regular meetings in person, and I'm a true believer in in-person meetings, the Zoom is a tool that can still be used. It's not going to go away. Um, so I, I think it's just enabling us to work a little smarter. Naki and Salpi, tell me a little bit about what it was like for the two of you, both uh, in terms of your work with the, the daughters of Vartan and also just at home, because in, especially in those first few months, we went from being everywhere to literally becoming hermits. You know, if you went to the grocery store, that was about it. How much of a change was that for your family and also uh, in terms of your own dealings with the daughters of Vartan, which, of course, is very active out there as they are here? Well, our living room turned into Steve's Night of Barton office. <laughs> and in the dining room, he brought the printer here and his uh, Night of Barton uh, paperwork. And then so how about the my, whole house. How about my green screen? Oh, and he, <laughs> he put the green. Um, the green screen? No, green uh, drape behind uh -huh. him. So he could project the night of, I mean, Vartan's picture yeah, there. A lot of people did that, believe me, not just, not just there. But um, was it? But I have to say, go ahead. But I have to say, uh, the Brotherhood was lucky this happened when Steve was the spot of it because he is very well versed in computers and uh, he works with it really good. He's so a, that helped. He's a technical a geek like me. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I remember that's one of the first we were talking when uh, just after the pandemic began and you began regular live streaming of the services at your church where you are a deacon or diratsud. And please forgive me, Avak Spadabed, but it's just escaping my head for the moment there. The name of the church is what? Oh, it's St. Paul Armenian Church here in Fresno. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. When you when you started doing that, I was watching and I would watch every single week because it enabled me to still attend a service, but not to have to do it at 10 o'clock in the morning. I could do it at one in the afternoon because of the time difference. 
And yeah. I was like, wow, that, that really looks pretty good. And that sounds pretty good. You know, a couple of times I said, okay, let's tweak that sound a little bit, but it really was fantastic. And I know that churches around the country were doing that. And uh, yeah, you're right. Cause we did have, and we'll talk about this a bit more in just a few minutes. Uh, it was nice to have a, a fellow techno geek around to uh, make certain things work the way they were supposed to, especially when they hadn't been tried before. Talk about the lack of physical interaction during this time. The one thing that we all enjoy, and this is both the knights and the daughters with regard to our service, is the camaraderie of working on committees, collaborating on various projects, attending events with our brothers and sisters. And I'm, I'm sure you miss that as much, if not more, than we all did, because you specifically, Avak Spadabit, had wanted to visit a number of colleges, as, as many as you could, during your term, and that just didn't happen. No, it didn't. Um, but I did have the opportunity to attend lodge meetings on Zoom, where a number of them where I probably would never have been able to True. get to a lodge, maybe if we were lucky once a year uh, or once in the two or three years, um, I was able to get on. You know, I didn't want to get on a lodge meeting every month, but sometimes I, I did. Um, and many times I attended two lodge meetings in the same day. I remember uh, because we have two lodges, uh, Ararat Lodge. You Boston. did that with us, in fact, Avox Potabit. Broad Lodge and Fresno both meet on the same day. Right. So I attend, because there's three-hour difference, right. I could attend a Lodge in the afternoon and Yeprod Lodge in the meeting, both on Zoom. So it did give an, a different opportunity that we probably wouldn't have had uh, before. And of course... Now that is all beginning to change. People are, you know, we're having our meetings uh, together again, and, and and it does make a difference. Let's let's be honest about that. Zoom is great, and we needed it, and couldn't have done what we needed to do without it. But nothing compares to actually being able to sit there next to your brothers or sisters, and have an open dialogue about whatever is is on the agenda, and and just to see one another, you know. And the two of you coming from, you know, California which is the most populous Armenian location in, in the diaspora, uh, it, had to, it had to be especially difficult at times, you know, where you just, you missed all of your friends and, and your colleagues and all. Well, I think what was missing was we would become very efficient at holding our meetings on Zoom. We could conduct business. Right. But it's the social aspect that you miss. And being a brotherhood that's and sisterhood, that's what we you know, we pride ourselves on. And I think that social interaction is what we missed um, tremendously. Though we were not meeting in person during these two years, we still had business as a national organization that had to be conducted, appropriations, there were projects and other items to be voted on that would help to steer the course for the following year. And normally, for both the Knights and the Daughters, this would be done with delegates at the Grand Convocation. But as we all know, in 2020 and 2021, the only way, to, only way to take care of business was online. And I was a delegate on behalf of the Knights for Ararat Lodge for both of those online sessions where you had delegates from across the country in different time zones. Even our liaison participated by giving her presentation from Yerevan, where it was, God bless her, very early in the morning of the next day, having already established that you're a tech geek like I am, Avak Spadabed, but in layman's terms, how did you make that all work? Because your home was really the command center. You touched on this just a few minutes ago, Nakin Didui, and I remember seeing 
multiple computers, people everywhere. And, and I'm going to be very honest with you here. At the beginning, I thought, oh, something is definitely going to go wrong here. This just can't all work this way. But it worked like a charm. In fact, the only thing I really ever heard you say to anybody was, please unmute yourself. You must have said that about 50 times. How did you make it work? Tell me how you brought it all together. Well, it's just, it's a lot of planning. So, well, we had, uh, most of the Avaktivan was sitting around my table um, in my living room, (laughs) also known as the Knights of Arton Zoom office Mm -hmm. now. Um, And uh, I I drag an ethernet cord over from my router in my bedroom uh, over to the table, put a switch in there, hooked everybody up. I didn't want, I tried to hook everybody up on without going on Wi-Fi, right. I, although I did Wi-Fi in there, um, and had my Avativan members, most of them around me, uh, because we learned some things on Zoom. When you're handling a meeting on Zoom, when you have almost 100 people on there, mm-hmm. uh, it can be a challenge to see, oh, somebody's raising their hand, right. or somebody's leaving a comment in the chat section. So I had delegated you know, this Avaktiva member was going to watch the chat session. This one was going to watch for hands so they could clue me in uh, as the meeting was going on. Oh, somebody's asking a question. Somebody's got their hand raised. Um, so it kind of took a team effort uh, to pull that off. But it was just just planning all the details. And of course, by the time 2021 came around, it was it was no big deal. You'd done it already. Yeah. <laughs> well, I that was true. I mean, we had been on a lot of Zoom meetings by then. So, you know, we were getting used to um, the fact that, you know, I, it, there's a lot going on. You're watching the screen. You're conducting the meeting. So you can only do so many things at one time. Right. Um, it's not like somebody's standing out there and you can see them stand and rise and raise their hand. Uh, it's being done electronically. So you have to, have, you, you know, it does take some help to do that. Was there anything that worked, in your opinion, better by doing it electronically than having it face to face. Was it yeah, streamlined had, in any way? We had better attendance. <laughs> <laughs> we had almost both meetings. We had almost a hundred delegates, which is unheard of. Um, you know, but uh, it was great attendance uh, at the meetings online. And I was there. I'll, I, it was, I was frankly incredibly impressed. I, you know, at the end of the first night, I'm like, okay, they've got this. They've got this, you know, and I was, as I said, everything else just worked beautifully, both the first year and the second year. Nakin Didui Salpi, I know that the, the Daughters of Vartan did the same thing. You had two virtual grand convocations, and I know that they worked as well. Everybody has their technical issues, of course, but what do you think that the Daughters as a whole learned from that experience? And, uh, well, you tell me. Well, one of the things that I think most of us missed was hugging each other, Mm -hmm. just seeing each other. And because uh, as much as you can see the people, there was no um, physical touch. And you miss um, giving a hug to someone and telling them, you know, I missed you. That was one of the things. And then the other one was that we realized that uh, we need the in-person meetings as much as we can. Mm-hmm. And now you've got so, them, but for two years, you made it work. That's right. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that because of the pandemic, uh, neither of you really had the opportunity to visit as many 
lodges and or otyugs as you would have liked. I didn't know if when you normally travel, if the two of you ever go together or if it's just one of you, if it's just you, Avak Spadebed, but obviously you were not able to visit all of the talijas across the country as you would have liked to during your time. But you were able to visit Armenia twice as Avak Spadebed, the first time in 2019 and then most recently just last September as part of Veratat's Heidenik 5. I'd like to ask both of you, what are your fondest memories of those trips, particularly this last one? It was it was enjoyable to be able to see the projects that we were doing there. It's always nice to visit Armenia, um, but it was nice to be able to see the projects that were going on over there. Um, you know, our, I was a little disappointed in that just the number of us going was a little bit more limited um, this last time um, because of COVID. But we had a very good time. Um, we got to visit the, the new office that's at the uh, Marriott Hotel, where our liaison is now. Um, so, you know, they're important trips, um, and, but they're fun, too. Nakin Didui, what are your memories of that trip? Anything stand out in your mind? Of uh, In my mind, uh, when we visited the school, uh, what's the number of 106. School 106. In Yerevan, the- right. Yes. When they put that play on, oh yes, it, uh, for me it was very uh, satisfactory. And then uh, the last night when they were singing and dancing for all of us, it just uh, that uh, made me feel like you know, I'm in Armenia. Of course, and the play that you're referring to, both the students and faculty actually put that on, uh-huh. and it was very very well done. And for those who were not there or may not know about it. Uh, it dealt with the issue of uh, something happening in the in the classroom and the students and teachers who basically form a bond in the aftermath of this alleged event. And uh, it was done very, very well. And even though I don't speak fluent Armenian, hello, I still grasped it. I still was able to understand it. And that made me appreciate it a whole lot more. And yes, they did a great job when they were dancing and, and singing at the uh, at the banquet which was on the following yeah. Sunday. So we actually, and then we visited those wonderful schools in Tavush. We visited two of them there, which I won't, the, I'll never, I f- go ahead. Tavush is another part that I love. Yes. When we, we got there, uh, all the students were uh, in a circle. They were dancing mm-hmm. and we held hands and we danced with them. And one of the things that, um, their Aram, their Aram, mm-hmm. Aram said, uh, has touched me um, very closely. He said, "We are not the end of. Um, we are not at the border of uh, Armenia. We are the beginning of Armenia here, and we don't get visitors that much. When you guys come, this is a big deal for us. You come here, we wait for it. So to me, uh, getting there and hearing that what he said was very." Uh, touching. And he's right. And it is a long drive to get there. I mean, it's it's a, about 100 miles or so, but it is so worth it. And it's a long day, too. I mean, it was, I think, about 15 hours from the time we left the Marriott until the time we got back. But I wouldn't have missed a minute of it for anything. And it, it was a very poignant for me, too, because I believe the very first school that we stopped at, Der Aram had brought the choir with him that was from his church that was named in honor of my parents, that's which, correct. Right, which they saw one time 
um, before my father passed away. And I think it was, uh, I, I think it was their 2017 trip or 18. I'm not sure. And that was very moving for me. I mean, I, I almost lost it a few times when they were singing, but you know, Armenia does that to you. It, it just, these moments, they're not events. They are sometimes these small little moments that when you combine them all together, results in a, a feeling that is just so almost overwhelming. It's, it's so touching. Abak Spadabed, if you could go back to 2019 and you're thinking, oh God, help me know, and relive the next three years as Grand Commander, but with the hindsight of having gone through it already, is there anything that you might do differently? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, you know, it, it was knowing what happened. So it was not just COVID, but, you know, we had the war in Artsakh during mm-hmm. that time. We did a tremendous amount of fundraising. So we, we really spent three years in a reactionary mode, um, which is unfortunate. Um, but, you know, that's what you get thrown into sometimes. You don't have a lot of choice. No. You can't pick your destiny. Um, so you just learn how to react as fast as you can. Um, and you know, sometimes it's just a matter of how fast can you react? Um, you don't have the opportunity to try, you can't procrastinate. I mean, you do have to move as quickly as you can. And, but that at the same time, moving carefully, you know, we gave a lot of thought into, uh, how we would conduct our meetings online, how we would move uh, into our uh, bringing our new members in. It it did take quite a bit of planning and thinking to make sure that we were moving, but moving carefully. But you also had to plan pretty quickly, didn't you? I mean, you didn't have tremendous amounts of time to put this all together. And some of the ways you were punting, luckily, it worked. Yeah, I mean, as best we could. I mean, we learned to survive online. Uh, and you know, it's just, we had to adapt. We didn't have a lot of choice. Uh, so you learn how to adapt, uh, as best we can. Um, I, I mean, we knew that eventually this was going to end. Um, I don't think we thought it was going to go as long as it did. No, none uh, of us did, but, uh, we knew it would end sometime, but then, then we get to, all right, well, we learned a lot of things during this time. So how can we use these tools that we have now? An example that I have is we have a grand convocation coming up. I have lots of committees that were formed that need to be formed. We have budget committees and auditing committees uh, that all have to. And usually that would happen right at the ABAC college. When we get there, we form the committees and then these people have to go break out of our meeting and meet during the evenings or early mornings or during lunch uh, at the convocation to do their work. Now, all the work's done online. Everything will be done ahead of time on Zoom. Um, that's what we did for the last two years. And now this just rolls itself into an actual Avak College where committees will meet on Zoom across the country, um, have all their work done. So when we get there, things will move smoother. Um, and, you know, at least they can do their work in a, in a, in a more thoughtful and, and, and uh, in, in a manner that they're not rushed. Do you think overall that this upcoming Avaktalish 
will be the smoothest run one because of the lessons learned of the last few years when you were not together? You touched on that just a bit there, but is that what you think? Is that what you're hoping for? Well, that's my hope. (laughs) (laughs) For as much planning, you know, and I I try to plan things out as much as I can. Um, I try to be a detailed person, um, but there's always a few things that will crop up. Uh, So, uh, you know, I hope so. Uh, We've got a great turnout um, so far. Uh, And I'm very, I'm very happy about that. You know, we were concerned going into this um, because you have to realize most of this planning was done. The commitment to hold an Avak College has to be done way back in February. Of course. Working with the hotel and everything. Um, And back then, you know, there was still some doubt, but we moved forward and the turnout uh, is going great right now. Um, I would say it's back to where we pretty much where we were um, prior to uh, COVID. So, you know, looking forward to seeing everybody. Well, that's wonderful news. I know that you know who your successor is going to be, and there isn't anybody involved in the Knights of Vartan whom you have not met, if not know, very well. Do you have any advice for your successor, given what you've gone through? You know, I be flexible. (laughs) I try to learn on what was done in the past and then look for ways to make things better um, and more efficient. Uh, and and I think we need to keep moving in that direction. Um, you know, to give you an example, um, we are our secretaries of the Abaktivan. A, a tremendous amount of time used to be spent on uh, printing out our directives that go out to the lodges, printing them out, stuffing them in envelopes, putting labels on, putting stamps on, getting them in the mail. Nowadays. Uh, the work is done in a matter of minutes. The directives type, save it as a PDF. Um, we go to uh, our website where we have our um, addresses, email addresses all set up, and it's a, a matter of pressing a couple of buttons. In 30 seconds, the directive's gone out. And off it goes, yeah. Um, so no more licking of stamps, licking of envelopes. <laughs> Those things. Um, we're becoming more efficient. Uh, and I think... We need to capitalize on that and continue to look for ways. You know, we converted our um, college annual reports that are done. Um, I mean, they used to be done on paper. Uh, now they're done on a form online. Um, so just continuing to look for ways to make ourselves more efficient uh, because that makes it easier for everybody. It takes less of our time uh, where we can devote it to other things, um, new projects, um, so, you know, I think continuing to work smart, work efficiently, find new ways, even things that I haven't thought of, you know, you, we're never finished learning. And the communication um, between you and speaking of projects and everything else that we're up to right now, the communication between you and our liaison in Armenia was especially important during these last few years because she was really the eyes and ears as we were not going over there at least not on any sort of an official capacity. So that has become very important to you, hasn't it? And I know that you, you've told me that uh, one of the first things you do in the morning is you look at your phone and sure enough, there's usually a message there from the liaison's office. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Most days, <laughs> not every day. Uh, I mean, it, you know, it could have been that, 
you know, sometimes you feel like Kohar was like living next door. I mean, it's just the way we use electronic media now, uh, you you can be any place in the world and communicate. Um, and it's you almost get the feeling that you're next door to them because it just happens so often. It could be in the same city uh, that business is just conducted electronically uh, so much now. Um, it, it makes really things is. so I know that for both of you, the Knights and Daughters of Arton is such an important part of your lives. But are the two of you, because you are a married couple, are you able to get through a day without something having to do with the Knights or Daughters of Arton coming up in conversation? Can you put it all on a shelf when you want to, if only for a day or even a few hours? I want to hear hear from both of you on this. (laughs) She says, I'm not right now. Uh, I'm sure there were times, of course, we're in the heat of it right now well, of course uh, you know we've got uh a lot of things on the table i'm you know doing i'm, I'm constantly on uh, answering emails getting ready for the grand convocation um getting reports prepared getting everything in uh answering last minute questions so right now it's it's hectic um i suppose there were times during the three years when the topic didn't come up uh, <laughs> You know, it's not always as crazy. Um, so, you know, it comes and goes. Knocking Dewey Salpy, is it easy to well, when 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 you're not planning for a convocation just a few days away? Is it easy or difficult to sometimes just put the knights and daughters of Artan away for a little while? Can it be done? You have to live your life. You right. cannot make your life, and of course. Uh, our son Ari is getting married in a month, so we congratulations. Been Thank you. Uh, so we we have the convocation and the wedding at the same time. So we we have other you know we're living our lives as much as we are involved in the nights and the daughters of. Our I I simply uh, kind of place myself uh, in a place two months from now. <laughs> And think in two months, uh, you know, the grand convocation will be over, wedding will be over. Uh, you'll be ready we'll to go to Armenia. We'll be ready to go to <laughs> Armenia. <laughs> Even more enjoyable. Well, Avak Spadavid, Stephen Adams, and Nakin Dirui Salpi, it has been such a joy to chat with you both uh, today and uh, to reminisce about these last three years, which uh, perhaps at times may have seemed a little surreal to us all, but through it all, you, Avak Spadabed, have sailed the good ship Knights of Vartan through some pretty rough waters thanks to this pandemic, but thanks to your thoughtful and compassionate leadership, we're in much calmer seas now with a bright future ahead. And, and as you know, I like to quote Dr. King at the conclusion of each Talking Vartan podcast because he said that everybody can be great because everybody can serve. And you've been serving the Knights of Vartan for over 40 years, and you are great. Both of you are great. And the knights and daughters of Vartan are both stronger because of your service, which we hope will continue for many, many years to come. And on a personal note, it was both a pleasure and an honor to spend time with the two of you last fall during our trip to Armenia and to call you both friends. So what do you say we do that again sometime? That sounds good to me. In two months. And I want to thank you both again for joining me today and have a wonderful 4th of July. I hope it's a a relaxing and enjoyable day for you and your family. Thank you, David. 
two wonderful people, whom I'm glad to say are friends of mine. My special thanks to Wabak Spotabed Stephen Adams and Nachin Didui Salpi Adams for spending some time with us on this 4th of July weekend. I hope they have a relaxing holiday, because it's going to get a little busy during the next few weeks as the California Lodges and Otiags will host this year's Grand Convocation in Glendale, our first Grand Convocation in person in three years. If you heard our last podcast where I spoke with the Convocation co-chairs, you'll know that they're all ready and waiting. They've had a few years to prepare for this, remember, and it is going to be a great time for everybody to see old friends, meet new friends, and make decisions that will affect both the knights and daughters of Vartan and the people whom we serve for the next year. It is still not too late to join us in Armenia this September for Veratat's Haidenik 6, the return to the fatherland. You'll see with your own eyes the projects that the knights and daughters are involved with in Armenia. You'll meet the wonderful people whom we work with and work for. And you'll see some amazing sights that will tug at your heart. There'll also be plenty of time for sightseeing, as well as time to explore on your own. Yerevan is a great city for that, especially at night. All of the information on this year's Veratats Haidenik is on our website at kofv.org. That's K for Nights, of, V for Vartan, kofv.org. Just click on Veratats Haidenik in the main drop-down menu on the homepage. It's all there including information on hotel reservations and registration for the event itself. We hope to see you there. Of course, our website is only one of many ways to stay in touch with what's happening in the Knights and Daughters of Vartan. We're all over social media. The Knights and Daughters of Vartan Facebook page is updated regularly with photos, articles, and other materials from our liaison, but also from Talijas and Otyads around the country. So keep that material coming. You'll also find the Knights and Daughters of Vartan on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And of course, our quarterly digital and print publication, Avarai. All of our media resources are managed by our liaison in Armenia, Goharpalyan. You can reach our liaison at knightsofvartan at gmail.com. Is your lodge or otyag involved in a special project that you'd like to share with your fellow Knights and Daughters? Is there a particular knight or daughter whom you feel deserves some special recognition? Perhaps you have an idea for a future Talking Vartan podcast. I would love to hear from you. You can contact me, Asped David Medzorian, directly at talkingvartanpodcast at gmail.com. That's one word, talkingvartanpodcast at gmail.com or through the Talking Vartan Facebook page. And I promise you a very quick response to your message. Special thanks, as always, to Mal Barsamian for our theme music, Lorki Lorki, from his album, One Take, Armenian Dance Tunes. Talking Vartan, the Knights and Daughters of Vartan podcast, is the exclusive property of the Knights and Daughters of Vartan and Osped David Medzorian. Any use of this program without the expressed written permission of both parties is prohibited. It was Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. who said that everybody can be great because everybody can serve. Thank you for your service to the knights and daughters of Vartan. I'm Osped David Medzori in Abadadat Lodge, number one. Shinoragalem Sireli Paregamner.